listen uh, as in our daily route to services in the mornings to see if God has reaffirmed or confirmed uh, the word that has been given for the day. And, and he had. And I'm always excited when I can hear a confirmation through the people of God. We want to uh, uh, talk about this morning that is never too late. It's never too late. We're coming out of the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter number two. Father, we thank you for your word. Bless it. We ask you, Lord God, to humble me and remove me, um, settle my spirit, Lord God, that the teacher, the Holy Spirit, he will come and he will reside and he will rest and he will deliver your word. And we thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Joshua chapter number two. Very, very familiar scripture. But yet, we need to go a little bit deeper. We need to go a little bit deeper. We're going to start reading in verse 1 in uh, Joshua chapter number 2, talking about it's never too late, never too late. Beginning at verse number 1, it says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go even Jericho. And they came into an harlot's house named Rahab, and they lodged there. I find it kind of ironic and maybe a little bit comical that God would use this pathway to bring some things about. Now, when we begin to look at this text, we have to understand that the word Joshua means uh, deliverer or one that saves. And also, it talks about Joshua, the deliverer. He's the son of none. None means uh, eternal things. He's a builder of eternal things. Our deliverer, God, he is a builder of eternal things. But before he can build those things internally within us, he has to remove us from the place called Shittim. Now, that word means thorns or a closed-in place. But there's a place, God says, that he wants us to do. In order for us to reach our uh, destiny that God has outlined for us or destined for us, we have to go view the land. Now, in order to go view the land, there are some things that we need to know. See, if you can see it, you can have it. Now, if you can see it, you can have it. But you've got to go view it first. Amen. Now, let's go, keep your place in Joshua chapter number 2, but let's go to uh, St. Mark chapter number 11. St. Mark chapter number 11. Because this text is not what you think that it is. St. Mark chapter number 11. We're going to talk about going viewing that land. If you can see it, you can have it, but you've got to believe it. Now, St. Mark chapter number 11, verse number 22. St. Mark. Chapter number 11, verse number 22. Now, verse 22 says, And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in who? Faith in God. So if we're going to see those things that God has destined for us, first of all, we've got to have faith in God. Not in man, but we've got to have faith in God. Then he says in verse number 23, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he does what? He saith 
shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. So if you, if in the process of saying it, if you can believe it, the word of God says you can have it. Amen. But we can't doubt, okay? Because doubt cancel out faith. Now, verse 24 says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. So if, if when we're praying and we're not believing, we don't expect nothing to come back to us. Because that, that's the process of doubt. But in order to, to view the land of what God has in store for your life, we've got to have faith in God. And once we have faith in God, and God will always give us a sneak preview of what he has for our life. Now let's go back to Joshua chapter number 2. Because when you go view the land, you've got to go believe it. God said go, you've got to go believe it. You've got to speak that thing. You've got to believe that thing. Amen. He's talking about go view the land. But then it's ironic. Not only does he tell him to go view the land, he even says even Jericho. Now, we have to understand that Jericho is a stronghold in our life. Jericho is a stronghold in our life. See, the Jericho, it talks about a wall. See, we all have walls in our life, there's a wall in, within that Jericho area within our life, and we have to make sure that we have the faith in God to bring that wall down. See, that wall separates us from our destiny. Many of us have not yet reached our destiny. Why? Because there's a wall, and that wall is in Jericho. There is a stronghold in our life that keeps us from reaching the destiny that God has for our life. Anybody got a Jericho, got some strongholds in their life? Amen. See, that's a wall, that's, that's, that's a separation between what God wants for you and what we think we want for ourselves. But that wall has to come down. So you go view it, and God has already made a promise. He says, you go view the land, and then he says, even Jericho, you've got to view that stronghold that we have in our life. Sometimes we think that stronghold is supposed to remain, and it is impossible to remove. But any stronghold can be removed by God. Amen. It goes back to believing. If you, can, if you believe it, if you can see it, then you can have it. Amen. A lot of times we don't see it, we don't believe it, and that's why we don't have those things that God has ordained for our life. Amen. Now, watch what happens. He says, and this is strange, this is strange. He says, then he tells them, he says, they went. We're talking about in uh, Joshua chapter 2. He says, and they went and came into a harlot's house. Hmm. Into a harlot's house. Now, is it ironic that God would tell you, go the pathway to a harlot's house to view the land or the destiny God has set for your life? A harlot is considered a prostitute, right? A harlot is considered a whore, right? Amen. But God has some uncunning ways about him. Amen. But God also has a plan, okay? So he tells him that you go, you go by the harlot's house, and he said there, he gives her name. Her name is Rahab. Now, most of the time through the scripture, Rahab is identified as a prostitute. But the word Rahab not only means an harlot or a prostitute, the word Rahab also means freedom. It means freedom. 
It means being roomy to be able to expand our, uh, our, our boundaries and it, uh, the, are the directions that we're going in. And it also means liberty. Liberty is the same, same thing as freedom. So he says, now, the pathway that you need to go to is through by Rahab's house, which means freedom. It means freedom. God has a strange way of doing things. And I said to the Lord, I said, now, God, why in the world would you want to send these spies down to the harlot's house? I mean, you think about it, and and it's amazing when when you really think about what she really represents. Now, it came to mind this. If you want to know the latest gossip, if you want to know what's going on in your street, or if you want to know what's going on in anybody else's life, uh, the Lord says, now you go to the beauty shop. Hello. Because the beautician, everybody tells their business, right? Everybody talks to the beautician. Or you can go to the barber shop. Okay, man, I'm not going to leave y'all out either. Or you can go to the barber shop. So it's a place of gathering information. So in order for us to know the place that God has ordained for our life or destined for our life, we have to go to the place where we can gather up the information. And see, there are some places where people sit around and just gossip. Amen. But sometimes what we fail to realize, we're there for the right reason because we're trying to find out what's really going on because God has a plan. Amen. But be careful now. Be, be, be very, very careful. Now, looking at verse number it says this. It says, and the king of Jericho sent out saying, bring forth that are into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. Now, here we have to understand something. Now, when you look at Rahab, we don't want to down her because she represents freedom. Here is this woman. Now, she, she's, her, 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 she's a madam. Can I put it that way? She's a madam. She's got some workers, which means she is an entrepreneur. She's a businesswoman. She's a bit. You didn't think about Rahab being a businesswoman. Now, if you're gonna run, if you're a call girl, you're a madam. You got to have some workers. So, in order to have some workers, that means you got to know something about business. So, she's an entrepreneur. She's 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 a a businesswoman. But look at her clientele because it talks about that how the king had sent and he inquired by the men. Look at who her clients are. How? Why would the king? Send to a hog's house and ask about these men going in. So her clientele was not low like people. There were some people that had some money. The king knew. So therefore, she knew people in, in, in different areas and on different status. So you can't really put her down. Amen. But you got to remember now, her name also means freedom. It means freedom. So she got a clientele now, uh, and she honored what the king said. But yet she didn't honor what the king said. So when those men, those spies that that is in covenant with the promise that God has for our life, when those spies came there, she hid them. But when she hid them, she had a purpose. And it was all in the plan and the will of God. Remember, she's identified throughout all the scriptures as being a harlot or as being a prostitute. But God had a plan for her life that she had no clue that was going to take place. That's why we can never say somebody's not going to make it in. Amen. Because it's never too late. 
And the scriptures will show us. You know how it is sometimes we want to write people off by our mindset. We want to write people off. But here I am to tell you, it is never too late. It's never too late. Now, let's continue on. Verse number 9 in Joshua chapter number 2. Verse number If she hides the spies, watch what she does. Verse number 9 says, And she said unto me, I know that the Lord have given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all of the inhabitants of the land, they faint because of you. Here it is now, this woman, this, this harlot representing freedom, she has faith. She, is, she knows about why those men are there. She knows that the terror has fallen upon all the people. She knows that. And she knows that the people, did I tell you it's a place for gathering information? Where, where she is, a place for gathering information. Because she talks about the inhabitants, meaning the residents of the land, they were fighting because of those spies that was coming in. So she was there gathering information, and she knew. But she had some faith. She had faith. Now, faith is what helped her to get to where she's going. Now, as verses For we have heard how the Lord fired up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites and, and were on the other side, Jordan, and it says how he utterly destroyed them, the two kings. Now, verse 11 says... Uh, and as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. See, she just heard it. She didn't see it, but she believed it. See, that's where it comes about when you're dealing with God. You can't see him, but you got to believe that he does exist. Amen. You know, if you're desiring from God, you have to believe that he's a rewarder of those that are diligently seeking him. So she believed. She heard it. She believed it. She repeated it. She talked about how the hearts of the people there, the, it, the, it melted. They had became so afraid. Then she says, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and earth beneath. <coughs> Here it is now. She's, she's telling them all the information. She had gathered this information. She knew that, that the people that were very afraid. See, while the enemy is spying on us, we can spy on him. We just got to know where to go to. See, they, she, they went to the harlot's house and gathered the information. And while she was listening to what they were saying, that's why you got to learn how to spy on the enemy. You got to sometimes, you know, you listen to see what the enemy is saying. And I don't mean for him to take you back and him talking to you to the wrong thing, but you're trying to get some information of what his position is. And if, you know what? It's like this. If you hang around a person long enough, if you allow them to keep talking, you'll know exactly what's on the inside of them. Amen. You'll know exactly what's on the inside. If they talk more than two or three minutes, rest assured you'll know everything how they feel. Amen. So here it is now. She tells them that those that, that her own people, that they are so afraid. And what has happened, I mean, they don't even have any courage anymore. And the reason why they don't have any courage anymore is because of the power of God. See, we have to look at the power of God. 
it is very important that we see the power of God and begin to uh, watch and, and hear and, and allow God to manifest or magnify himself. So they hear the power of God. She's speaking about it. And, and they made the people afraid. It's just like, I don't know about you all, but now that I see the lava <coughs> coming up out of Hawaii, you know, and, and houses are being burned down, and Guatemala with volcano ashes and all that stuff taking place, you know, I've, I've got uh, some fear in me because I know sooner or later God is going to be on the throne. He's going to be right back here looking for his children. So it's important that we have to understand, we have to learn to fear and reverence God. Today's society, today's church folk, I won't say Christians, because God's church is always ready. I don't mean the physical building, but we that the, the church, those that have faith in God and live by his commandments, they are always ready. And we know the signs. What we see right now are signs of what's about to happen. So it's important that we have some fear of God, begin to reverence God, and to begin to live right. Amen. Our lifestyles have to change. Amen. So, but it's never too late. It's never too late. It's it's never too late. I was so excited about about this message. I, I mean, I was really excited. I mean, I am still excited. Amen. Now, let me show you something. Let's go to Saint Mark, chapter number twenty-one. Saint Mark. Chapter number 21, St. Mark, I think that's where we want to go, St. Mark, let me see, Um, I'm sorry, Matthew, excuse me, Matthew chapter number 21, we're going to go to Mark, St. Matthew chapter number, St. Matthew number 21, Matthew 21, Matthew 21, slow down Brenda, St. Matthew chapter number 21. And we're going to look at verse number 31. St. Matthew, chapter number 31. Chapter 21, verse 31. Amen. St. Matthew 21, verse number 31. This is why we have to realize that it's never too late. It's never too late. Now, verse 31 says, Where of them twined the will of his father? Now, prior to this, there were two people that was bidden to come. One of them said they would go, and the other one said they weren't going to go. And what happens, a lot of times church people or church goers will say they would do a thing, but in the time of doing it, they don't do it. But then there comes a time that the very ones that say they will not do it, those are the ones that will show up and do it. Amen. Now, verse number 31 says in Matthew chapter number 21, it says, One of them twined did the will of his father. They say unto him, The first, Jesus said unto them, Verily I say, watch this, publicans and the what? The harlots go where? Into the kingdom of God before you. Now, they were talking to the Pharisees. These were the religious folk. But when they failed to do what they're supposed to do, Jesus let them know that the publicans, them, them people that don't know God, as well as the harlots, them prostitutes, Jesus saying, listen, they're going to go into the kingdom before you. So we can't write people off because of where they may be right now or their condition. Because God also knows their heart. He knows our heart, th- those that judge. 
And he also knows the hearts of the, of the publicans and the prostitutes and, and the homemongers and those that, that's not with God. He knows their heart. He, I mean, this is profound. He's saying to them religious folk. Number one, religious folk. He was saying, he said, the publicans and the harlots, they go into the kingdom of God before you. Hey, it's never too late. No matter what your condition is, no matter what status you are right now, God said it is never too late because there's a whole lot of self-righteous folk in the household of faith. Can I put it that way? Amen. That's already writing people off. Amen. But yet you may not make it in. The very one we've written out might be the very one that makes it in. Amen. So we have to be careful in the things that we say and the things that we do. Now, verse number 32 in St. Matthew 21 says, And came unto you in the way of righteousness, and you believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots, they believed him. And ye, and when ye had seen it, you repented not afterwards that ye might believe him. See, the, the publicans and the harlots and those that we think that don't know God and we see them here and there and say, oh, they'll never make it in. Those are the very ones when, when they've gone through so much, God is saying, listen, they're going to make it in before you. You can go to church. I hear your Holy Spirit. You can go to church all your life and go to the gatherings. Amen. And not really be assembled with the kingdom of God. Amen. But God said, they very well going to make it in before you. So he said, stop judging. Amen. But it's never too late. I don't know who I am speaking to out there, but somebody somewhere is feeling like that it's too late for them. They've done too much that they will never make it in. But God is here to tell you today that it is never too late. And he is using the story of an harlot. Amen. And her name, Rahab, it represents freedom. You'll be surprised what God has set up for her life. You will be surprised what God has set up for your life by you trying to write yourself off. You are boarding. I hear your Holy Spirit. You are aborting your destiny that God has set for your life. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Never, never too late. Now, let's go back. Let's go back to Joshua. Let's go back here to Joshua chapter number 2. Let's go back to chapter number 2. Watch this. Joshua chapter 2. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to start reading at verse number 12. Joshua chapter 2, verse number 12. He says this. He says, Now, therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord. She's talking now. Since I have showed you kindness, that ye shall also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. Hmm. Now, she knows how to deal. She's a businesswoman, remember? She's a businesswoman. So she knows how to deal. She does a favor for a favor. She said, you showed me kindness. Now I want kindness back. See, you got to know how to work this thing. Amen. Because, see, she's in a dire condition. You see, she understands. See, she believed God. She, she knew and heard about what happened at the Red Sea, what God had done, how he had backed it up. She didn't see it. She heard it, but she believed it. And then she knew what happened to those, those giants, how they were destroyed, those kings. And she said, listen, I know you come to destroy our land, but I'm going to show you some kindness. <laughs> and because I'm going to show you some kindness, I want some kindness back. That's what she said now. Uh, and then she, she wasn't selfish. 
You know, she wasn't selfish, not the me thing, me, my, and I. She wasn't selfish. She said, not only for me, but my father's. She wanted her father's house. And then she talked about all those that were connected to her as well. Now, verse number 13 says, uh, and that ye will save a life. She, she made a request. She was pacific in her request. She says, and that ye will save alive my father, my mother, my brethren, my sisters. Now, it didn't say that she had some in the house with them, is it? I'm quite sure she had some problems with them. They had some problems with her. Why? Because she was a harlot, okay? But here she is. She's asking for them to spare her family's life. Amen? And then she says, and all that they have and deliver our lives from the death. Verse 14 says, and the men answered, answered her, our, our life for your life. If ye alter not this our business, see, you can't tell everything that you know. You can't tell everything that you know. Now, she, he said, now, we'll do this, but you can't tell about our business. Because then he says this in latter part of 14, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that ye will deal kindly and truly with thee. So they knew God had given them the land, I mean, the, the spies, those that was in covenant. They knew they was going to have what God said. But she, they did not want her to share with anybody because you remember now, she's in a place where they gather gathers information, where people talk. He said, you can't tell this business. You, you can't share this. And the only way that you're going to be spared or your life is going to be spared is you do not tell anybody what we're about to do. Now, let's uh, flip over to verse number 18 in Joshua chapter number 2. <clears throat> interesting. Very interesting. And we almost done. Um, Joshua chapter 2, uh, verse number 18. Now, watch what she does. Uh, in order for them to know that it's her house. Because even though they went in, there's a lot of more people coming in, and that there's about to be war, there's about to be destruction. <clears throat> Verse number 18 says, Behold, when we come into the land, that thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's house, uh, household home unto thee. Now, I stopped here and I, I, something caught my attention. What caught my attention was this scarlet thread. The scarlet thread caught my attention. See, we have to learn that when we, when we go through the word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to stop us where he wants to stop us because there's something there. So she hangs this, this scarlet thread there out of the window, and she, she let them down. This is the same thread, the cord, that she had let them down. So she, in return, she hangs it so that when they come back, they'll be able to recognize it. But what is this scarlet thread? What's, why couldn't it not have been purple? Why could it not have been white? Why could it not have been brown? Think about it. It had a Pacific color, which was scarlet. Well, when you look at scarlet, you have to find out how it becomes red. Now, the Bible, and, and, when, you, and when you do your, your, your research and your discovering, understanding how dyes made that scarlet dye, they take a pregnant worm and they kill it while it's alive and take the blood and make the scarlet dye. Interesting, isn't it? But it has a significance. 
What does it, what significance does it have that that scarlet? First of all, it represents cleansing. In order for to get cleansed, something must die. So they had to have the blood that came from those worms. They had to have the blood. Now it's the blood that cleansed, but also the scarlet thread represents hope. That scarlet thread. It represents. In fact, it pointed to Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. That scarlet thread. See, we don't go deep enough. We stay on the surface. We just see a, a cord. Scholar thread that it has no significance. Oh, but it had a significance. It represented what happened with Christ, death, burial, resurrection. We got to have a cleansing. You know, something has to die in order for us to be cleansed. And the only thing that can cleanse us is the blood of Jesus. Amen. The only thing that can cleanse us is the blood of Jesus. Now, keep your place. Uh, now, let's go to uh, the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter number one. Isaiah chapter number one. Isaiah chapter number one. Amen. Isaiah chapter number one. Amen. Isaiah chapter number one. Isaiah chapter number one. All right. Looking at verse number 18. Remember we talked about the cleansing. We talked about the blood. And we talked about it's never too late, no matter what your status is. Now, verse number 18 in Isaiah chapter one says this. Come, verse number 18. 18 says, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, crimson is a deep red, they shall be as wool. It's like this. No matter how deep in sin you are, you have to remember, you have to remember that the blood of Jesus will make you whiter than snow. Amen. You've never done anything. You haven't done too much. You haven't gone too far in sin that God cannot cleanse us. Amen. See, this is the thing that, that we don't remember. And that's why so many people stay in the, in the condition that they're in because the devil will tell you there's no hope for you. You've done too much. But that's not true. The blood of Jesus will cleanse you, and it will make you whiter than snow. In other words, it will give you a brand new past. You will take away your past and give you a brand new present. Amen. And your future will not be the same. Amen. It is never, never too late. Now, why am I still saying it's never too late? Now, let's go back. Let's go back once again to Joshua chapter number 6. Joshua chapter number 6. Joshua chapter number 6. Now, they come back. They come back. They have a war. And, and, and prior to, they get everything set up because she has done what she has told them she would do. All right? She didn't, she didn't share that business. But that now it's time for God to, to destroy that stronghold. It's time for God to destroy that stronghold. First of all, before we can reach our destiny, I hear you, Holy Spirit. Before we can reach our destiny, we got to allow the Lord to destroy the stronghold that's on the inside of us. Amen. We all got strongholds. In other words, what is it that we still hold on to that we do not want God to take away? What is it that we still hold on to that keeps us separated from God? Now, everybody got a pet peeve. Amen. 
Everybody got a pet peeve. Nobody is perfect. Amen. So we're holding on to something that keeps us uh, separated from God. That's a stronghold. And the only one that can bring down that stronghold is God himself. But we also have to be willing vessels. Amen. We have to be willing vessels. I mean, we can say we're willing, but we still got the stronghold. Amen. We still have the stronghold. We can say, oh, God, I'm willing if you take. No, when you're ready, God is ready. Amen. Because he will remove that stronghold. Now, looking at Joshua chapter number 6. Joshua chapter number 6. Joshua chapter number 6. And looking at verse number 22. Now, this is the pathway to the destiny where she's going. Pathway. (coughs) Joshua chapter number 6, verse 22. Verse 22 says, But Joshua, he represents the deliverer, had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go to the harlot's house and bring out this, the woman, and all that she hath, as ye swear unto her. See, remember now, they, they have to, to fulfill that word as well. Verse 23 says, And the young men that were spies, they went in, They brought out Rahab. Rahab represents freedom. It's a pathway to freedom. She brought her out, her father, her mother, and all the brethren, and all that she had, and they brought out all of her kindred and left them outside of the camp of Israel. Now, let me say something to you. Let's drop down to verse number 25. Verse 25 in Joshua chapter 6. 25 says, And Joshua saved the deliverer saved Rahab, which was a harlot, a prostitute, but she also represents freedom. They saved her life, her father's household, all that she had, and she dwelt with Israel even until this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Now, we talked about it's a pathway uh, to her destiny. Now, let's look at chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. The book, the book of Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 31. Now, here it is. He, she's a harlot. She's a prostitute. She's a whore. But she represents freedom. Now, God has set in motion the plan that he has for her life. Never Remember, it's never too late and never write anybody off. Because now this same harlot ends up in, in chapter number 11, verse number 31. She ends up in the hall of faith. She ends up there with Abraham, Isaac, and the whole works. The harlot. She's in the hall of faith. Do you see now where you can never uh, write anybody off? Because you never know what the destiny God has for their life. Here it is in verse number 31. It says, by faith, the harlot, now they still call her a harlot, even though she's in the house, she's in the whole hallmark frame of faith. <coughs> she's, in, she's, in that, she's in that place. And it says, by faith, the harlot Rahab, she, punished, she, was, not, um, she was not punished, uh, she did not perish uh, with the others, but then it says, that believe not. Then it goes on to say, when she had received the spies, with peace. See, she didn't perish because she, by faith, she believed God. It's never too late. I 
don't care where you are and what condition you are, I say it again to the world. I say it through the power of the Holy Spirit. No matter where you are, no matter what your life is, no matter what the circumstances are, it is never too late. Where you are now, it may not necessarily be whether God has ordained or destined for you to be. She's in the hall of faith. That's amazing. Abraham is there. Isaac is there. All the, the, the talking about the the, the, uh, the disciples and all those people. They're there. Those that have been bold and old and all that. I mean, who who was notable? Who who we read all the time talking about the hall of faith? There she's in the lineup. It's never too late. Don't write yourself off because you may not have what the next person have. You may not be where the next person is. Don't write yourself off. God, I, I find this to be amazing. I find this to be amazing. Maybe y'all don't, but I do. Amen. So that let me know that's hope for me. <laughs> that there's hope for me. No matter, uh, and there's some hope for our loved ones. Amen. Because we all got some. Amen. That has not yet arrived, and we have not arrived yet. Amen. But it's never too late. Now, watch the plan of God. See, Rahab means freedom. It's a pathway. It's a pathway to where her destiny is. That's why you can't write folk off. Let's go to St. Matthew chapter, and this is the last session. St. Matthew chapter number one. St. Matthew. Just want to teach this thing, so we want to make sure we get it real good on the inside. St. Matthew chapter number one. Because it's never too late. It's never too late. St. Matthew chapter number one. Are we there? St. Matthew chapter number one. Very first verse. It says, talking now about the bloodline. She ends up in the bloodline of Christ. That's powerful. That's powerful. Verse number one says, The book of the generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. It is the book of the generations of Jesus Christ. And when you come down to verse number five, it talks about uh, Simon, verse number five, in Matthew chapter number one. And Simon begat Boaz of Rahab. And Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. And Obed begat Jesse. Now, what does all of that mean? That means she birthed Boaz. Now, Boaz was the was ticket way for uh, when it came down to, to Ruth. Ruth and Naomi. So she, she burst Boaz. Boaz is wealthy. He's, he's another symbol or representative of Jesus Christ. So she is set up in the lineage and the line, the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Now, back in the Old Testament, she just noticed to be just a whore. Amen. She was just a harlot. But there's a bloodline, and she's in that lineage of Jesus Christ with that generation, and there she is. And then God says, Brenda, don't just stop that. He said, let the people know it's, her name means freedom. She's in, that, she's in that bloodline in the generations of Jesus Christ. But he says, when it starts off, he says, you've got to understand something. When God, God called Abraham, Abraham was a heathen. He didn't call no church person. He didn't call no person that said they knew Jesus Christ. He called a heathen by the name of Abraham who was a moon worshiper who worshiped out of God. And he's in the bloodline of Jesus Christ. It is never too late. 
And then, you know, it talks about how Isaac is also in the bloodline. The name Isaac means laughter. He, sometimes we laugh at the plans of God. I'm quite sure Rahab laughed at the plans of God when it put her right in the bloodline of Jesus Christ. I mean, she birthed Boaz. I mean, Boaz was wealthy. Boaz was well known. But she's, his mother was a harlot. So don't write yourself off, I hear your Holy Spirit, of what your ancestors or what your parents may have done. That has nothing to do with you. Amen. You just want a vessel that's been used in the bloodline. And then there's Jacob. I'm talking about folk that, that, that's really messed up. Jacob was a trickster. He was a con artist. But he is in the bloodline of Jesus Christ. I mean, he's a con artist. He's in, blood, he's in the bloodline. He's right there with the generations of Jesus Christ that leads up to Jesus Christ. And then, okay, you want another? There's a man by the name of Judas. You know what happened? I'm not talking about the one that, that hung himself. I'm talking about the man that slept with his daughter-in-law. But he, Judas, Judas, she's in, he's in the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Bloodline. Look it up. See, when we get to uh, Matthew, when we look at chapter number one and we see all these names, we want to skip over them, right? But we need to know who these people are. There is his daughter-in-law. Even her husband had died. She takes off her widow clothes. She puts on clothes for a prostitute. And she goes out and she sleeps with her father-in-law. But she's in the bloodline of Jesus Christ. So it's never too late. Look at the people that God is using. Some of us say, mm, I don't believe that. But then call the word of God a lie. God knows who he can use. And not only that now, you're talking about tomorrow. She was in Harlem. She dressed up. I mean, she dressed up like a hoe. Okay? That's the daughter. She, I mean, she took off them water clothes. She goes sleep with, with her father-in-law. And then when she said, okay, and the next one is talking about is Ruth. Ruth was an outsider. You know, she connects up with Naomi. She's an outsider. She's from the tribe of the Moabites. But how did the Moabites come about? The daddy sleeps with his daughters. This is in the bloodline. The daddy sleeps with his two daughters. It's in the bloodline. I mean, that's God's ways is not like our ways. His ways are not like our ways. And then what about Bathsheba? Bathsheba was an adulteress. She's up on the rooftop. Y'all know the story. She's on the rooftop. She sleeps with the king, David. David has a husband, Uriah Kill. But she's in the bloodline, Bathsheba. She's an adulteress. Never write yourself off and think you're not good enough is what God is trying to say. So you've got to understand that. See, you've got some folk that would incest. The dad is sleeping with the daughters. What is that besides incest? And some of us talk about, you know, this didn't happen in my life, and I can't make it, I can't go on, and all this happened to me when I was a child. Look at, you just been set up for the bloodline, fool. You've been set up for the bloodline. God can use anybody. I mean, anybody, anybody. And don't even talk about Paul. Paul was a fool. He wanted about killing folk. See, you got to understand, it is never too late. I don't care what your lifestyle is. Don't write yourself off. You don't know where your destiny is. You just need to take down the stronghold. That wall that's keeping you separated from God from being able to reach your destiny. If God can use these people, truly God can use everybody. It's in the bloodline. It is never 